So, it's Thanksgiving week. Thursday. So when we celebrate Thanksgiving, and, and we're going to continue what we started last week of looking at Thanksgiving, but I'm, but I'm flip-flopping that around, and last week we started with giving. So this week we're, we're going to look at thanks. And I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of shocked today that um, you guys are pretty well-behaved today because there's plenty of you that are probably giving thanks for a certain team winning yesterday. Yeah, because I, I remember last year when the, the good guys won, you guys all, like I took the fear of my life in my own hands. Um, but yesterday you guys had your glory. Enjoy it. There's next year. Just, just saying. You got to go back to Missoula next year. So. And you don't have game day to get you all hyped up. So just to kind of recap, what was what we looked at last week? We really looked at just two verses in Second Corinthians chapter eight. First one was verse four. It said they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and we looked at just kind of a few words within that verse. That there's this word urgently, that means we're just we're asking over and over, and maybe like a child kind of begging, or or just like we just want to keep doing it. Because it's so important to us. And then this word privilege that we see in the Greek word that this meant grace and kindness. And then the word sharing, that this word koinonia, that's a fellowship. That we're part of a fellowship. And then the word service. And there's the Greek word diakonia, which is a service or ministry that we have. And we're looking at this giving that it's really, it's a giving of this grace and this kindness and that we're part of this fellowship of believers that we all are. We get to participate in this ministry of giving. And we view giving as a privilege. It's not something that is, is necessarily like work or it's hard. It's a privilege to do it. And that's why we want to keep doing it over and over. And we get to share in the help of those in need. In this fellowship of giving to this mission that we have, this mission of sharing the gospel with others and providing for the needs of people. And then we looked at verse 7. And this one, this is verse 7, if, just to remind you. It says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. That we excel in all of these things of being better disciples. That we read our Bible more. That we pray more. That we gain all kinds of knowledge. That we try to, try to love better. We try to forgive better. That there's many, many things that make this list of becoming a disciple. But giving is also part of this list. That we should also excel at giving. So today though, like I said, we're going to look at the word thanks. I want to start with just looking at this short video.
So I, I hope you can, you, you had to read kind of fast to, to catch all of those. But what I wanted you to see is that there was a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. Some different religions, different beliefs that we have. But one thing that was in common with all these people was this common, this joy in giving. This joy in giving that they gave thanks for. So today we're going to go to the next chapter in 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at, at 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 15. And today I usually use the NIV, but today I want to use the message. So if you want to follow along with me on the screen. It says, remember a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over. And make up your mind what you will give that will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to do what needs to be done, as one psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extrav extravagant with you. He gives you something you can, you can then give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Carrying out this social relief work involves far more than helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgiving to God. Their relief offering is a prod to live to your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. You show your gratitude through your generous offerings to your needy brothers and sisters, and really toward everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives, they'll respond by paying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, his gift. No language can praise it enough. So I'm going to ask you this question. We're going to stay with the football theme today. But So your football team, you're a coach. You're, it's the end of the game. You just scored a touchdown. There's no time left in the game. You're down by one point. So you, you have a choice to make. You can kick the extra point, tie the game, go in overtime. Or you can take the risk and try to go for two and win the game. Now your team's exhausted. You, lots of injuries. You're not sure if you've got enough people to line up to play the game. So what do you do? You can play it safe or are you going to take the risk? I think Paul's given us the, the answer to that. I think it, maybe that's even what Paul is asking in the first part of this, 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 this section. So I think giving takes risk. Are you willing to take the risk like the farmer, it says it only plants a little bit of seed. He only plants a little bit of seed or he uses too much seed on himself and doesn't have enough left over to plant a crop. So he's being stingy because he doesn't want to take the risk or he wants to keep it all for himself. you also got to know like a lot can happen to a crop right not when you plant the seed birds can come along and dig up the seed and eat the seed when it sprouts you can they can pull out the seed and eat the seed then lots of weather can happen and affect the seeds you can lose it all 
And the stingy farmer, he's not willing to risk any of that. So this verse is saying, well, he gets very little in return. Now the generous farmer uses his seed generously. He knows how to use his seeds. And he assumes the same risk, probably even more risk, because he stands to lose more. But this return is great. This return is abundant. Paul is also saying that don't just act on impulse. He says, think it over. Take your time. Give what you're willing to risk. Give what you're comfortable with. Give so that this risk you're taking, it doesn't create circumstances where you start to, to give with hesitation or you start to give reluctantly. Like you might risk it, but you don't really want to risk it because you're still trying to hold on because you're not trusting God. You start to, to maybe get angry. You start to maybe hold on to it with tight fists. And someone comes along and pries it out of your hands. Say, no. Risk and give what you agree to give. And then he ends this, this section with, it's actually out there on the tithe box. It said, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when we delightfully give, that we take this risk with there's no hesitation. And then Psalm, Paul quotes Psalm 112, 112 verse 9. It says, He, the giver, throws caution to the wind, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never wear out. The giver knows the risk, He's willing to take it because he knows the return is worth more than the risk. The giver that gives, he gives, and to some, it might seem reckless. To some, they just go, why? But the giver, he gives because he knows the return will be great. And I think what's going on here is giving creates exponential growth. So there, I have a graph here. So we're going to have a quick math lesson. The straight line, this is linear growth. It doesn't grow very fast. Exponential growth, this grows off the charts. This is very slow, very methodical. This is, is very rapid. It spreads. Just like it, it, when we looked in Acts how this the message of Jesus, how the gospel just spread, it spread exponentially. Got another example for you. I've got these stalks of wheat up here. Let's see if I can pull one out without making a mess. Got a stock of wheat. So a farmer, when he plants, he plants one seed. One little seed like that that's falling on the ground. I don't think it's going to grow here, so don't worry. <laughs> but he's taking a risk. Because like I said, birds can come and eat that. Disasters can happen. There's a risk. But when that plant grows, that one seed produces this. And there's like 40 seeds on this. And that's a whole bundle. Think of how much exponential growth that was by one seed. That's what 
giving does is by giving just one thing, we can get exponential growth. And Paul is saying, you know what? God's the one that supplies it in the first place. God supplies that first seed. But then God also supplies all the other seeds. He supplies the bread that comes from those other seeds to make the meals from the seeds. It's all God. It all comes from God. So when we give, we look at it probably this way, when we're giving God's resources that God's entrusted us, because we don't see it as ours anymore, we see it as God's, we're giving it freely. Now one of the, my favorite things to do, if, if you ever need help spending money, let me know, because this is one of my favorite things to do, is like spend other people's money. <laughs> I'm really good at it. So if you ever, I, I can help you out. But if, I'm, have, if I look at it as God's money, isn't it the same thing? Like I'm spending somebody else's money. Makes it a little easier. Because it is God's money. God's the one that provides the original seed and he's the one that provides everything else too. God will provide whatever is needed to do good work. All of God's blessings, which don't include just riches. They don't include just money or wealth. But all these gifts are given. They're, they're spiritual gifts. They're material gifts. They're to help us who are Christians, followers of Jesus, do good works. Now, I want to make it clear that I am. you still have to receive forgiveness of your sins through Jesus. I'm not saying you can get there through works. That's not what I'm saying. You still, only through Jesus do you receive eternal life, the salvation that we have. Good works don't replace this. But good works, I think, are fruits of this Christian life we live. Like this one seed of this wheat produces fruit 40-fold. That then those 40 seeds, those can be used, yes, they can be used to provide food, but they also can be used to plant more seeds that then produce this exponential growth, this exponential return from one seed again. We see that at Hope Center. Last year, this may, number may not seem like that much, but there were 70 people last year that made a decision for Christ. That's more than there is in this room right now. Good works that, I mentioned this a little bit last week, but there are 60 people that are listening online to a podcast, just the audio part, throughout the world. There's starting to be good works of, there is as many people listening online as there is total here on Sunday the same number or more on Sunday that are producing good works. The good works of us giving to be able to be here today to do good works, you add all these numbers up together and you re- we can say that there is exponential growth. There is ex- just right here at Hope Center and we're just one church of many. And what I'm assuming also is, is that these people that are listening, that are watching online, or, or us in the room, and those 70 people that said yes to Jesus, they're then going out and telling other people's, people about the gospel, and they're also producing seeds and planting seeds, and then those people are saying yes to Jesus, and then those people are going out and planting more seeds. And so that's where I'm saying you get this exponential growth that is, that is spreading. 
this, this good work that, that we're doing here at Hope Center. And it's not just us. It's all of us together as a body. The good work that we're sharing in. This good work of being this fellowship, this koinonia. And then what does this produce? What does this produce in us? It produces thanks. Because I hear it up here. I hear it. I hear things. People will say, I'll say something, and they'll say, thank God. They'll say, praise God. These, I see people giving God the credit. We thank God. We give thanksgiving to God. And that's why I titled this, this, seri- this, this two-part series of just give thanks. Paul didn't see giving as a way for financial gain but a way for us to praise and honor God. God who supplies all of our needs. He's saying God, giving shouldn't just be done to receive this personal reward or this personal gain. Giving should be done in order to see God work. And we see God working. We see God working in our lives. And I think the result is, is the last point of this, is giving produces a posture of thanksgiving. Verses 11 through 15, there's at least three times that that we see this thanksgiving. For this last part of 11. Through us, your generosity result in thanksgiving to God. Verse 12. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. And that ends in verse 15. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. This posture of thanks. This posture of thanksgiving. A posture that we see God, God's the ultimate giver. Starting with God giving us His Son. Died for us. So that we can have life. That God is the source of everything. And it's all given to us freely. To then give to others. And we can see God work. And in return, God sees us giving. And God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver that has this posture of giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God because I even have something to give. And I have something because God provides for all that I need. And I give thanks. In verse 12 and 13, those words come up again of service and sharing. The ones we looked at last week of diakonia and koinonia. That we're giving grace and, and kindness. We're having this fellowship of believers that, that really we become dependent upon each other as a body. The body of the church to spread this gospel message of Jesus to the world. Now yes, ultimately we are dependent on, on Jesus. We're dependent on God. But this body is dependent on God and they're dependent on everything from God and they see God as being the one that provides so that we can work together as a body providing for the needs of the body and we give thanks. This giving, this body that through our giving we see exponential growth in the number of disciples to which we give thanks to God. As we watch 
God, as we watch God work in our lives of each other. Now, if we can put up the slide that we've had, the, the bee and the flower. Guys, I, I hope you're asking, why the bee and the flower? It's kind of weird, huh? Well, yeah, you guys are starting to figure out. Flower gives the bee food. Flower, it's a bright color, it smells good, it attracts the bee. So the bee comes along, it's flying along, comes along and sticks out its tongue or whatever it has and it drinks some of the nectar and then you can see, see all this pollen all over the bee. It has these pollen sacs, the pollen gets stuck in there. The bee flies back to its hive, spits, throws up the nectar because that's what they make honey out of. It's kind of gross and, and we eat it. That's bee vomit. <laughs> Just saying. You guys eat puke, but. But the bees use the pollen as food. The, the pollen is the source of protein for the bees. Because the bees don't eat other insects. Like hornets and wasps and those things, they kill other, and they eat those insects. Bees don't. That's where they get their protein is the pollen. So we see the flower giving to the bee. And the bee, I'm sure, is thankful. Has this relationship with this flower of giving thanks. And when the bee goes back to the hive, it's exponential. Because there's all kinds of bees that benefit from what this bee brings back. Now what about the flower? What does the flower get? Well, this pollen-covered bee drops some of this pollen on the other flowers, and we have this cross-pollination. Cross-pollination, which then, as the flower matures, produces more seeds, which then is the same thing as the wheat. One seed produces multiple seeds, and we have this exponential growth, too. So the flower becomes dependent on the bee. And the flower is giving things. I'm sure if a flower could talk, I'm sure that's what it would do, is give thanks to the bee. So we see this relationship dependent on each other. Both give, both work together as a body. Working together as this fellowship. They both need each other. They're both giving. They're both sharing. They're both working as a body should work. No part is thinking that they're better than the other part. No part... Both parts needing each other to work properly. Through the giving of both results in this exponential growth for both parties. Both the bee and the flower working in fellowship with each other to provide for the needs of each other. Both giving thanks. And no, I didn't steal this from Aiden in his animal kingdom. But there's some, I think it's connected. God provides for our needs. God supplies all that we need, even what we need to give away. And we have this posture of giving thanks. A posture where we give. A posture where we thank God for allowing us to be part of this sharing grace, this kindness with one another. Now I want to share a quote with you from a guy named Bruce Barton. And you guys probably don't know who it is. I really don't know who it is other than he's one of those really smart guys that writes really smart things. This is what he says. He goes, thankfulness puts everything in the right perspective. 
God's gives what is needed for service, comfort, expression, and recreation. Thankful people can worship wholeheartedly. Gratitude opens up our hearts to God's peace and enables believers to put on love. To increase your thankfulness, take an inventory of all you have, including your relationships, your memories, your abilities, and family, as well as your material possessions. Use the inventory for prayers of gratitude before worship, pause, and reflect in reasons of thanks. Celebrate God's goodness. God's good, isn't he? So maybe let's, let's, let's just pause a little bit. Let's just celebrate God's goodness. Give God thanks. Because even in trials, God is still good. First I read before this. Trials develop perseverance and perseverance hope. God doesn't change. Now I know at times it may seem like we don't have anything to be thankful for. But we do. If anything, we have we have God. We have the one and only true God. The God that gave us his son, that's to be thankful for. The God that provides for all of our needs. Even what to give to one another. To give to the needs of the body. That through our giving from God, what he's given us, that we give, but we have this posture of things. That as we give, we're giving thanks. Now, to end today, I want to give you all, and all of you and have an invitation. And I did check with Deb and Nancy, and they said absolutely. Around here, many of you don't know this, but on Thanksgiving morning, so Thursday morning, Deb and Nancy come here early in the morning. And what they've been doing for several years is they come to pray. But there's a rule. You can't come here and ask for anything. You can't come and ask God for anything, to do something. You come here, and you're as what I just read to you. You've created an inventory, and you come here that morning, and you give thanks. You just give thanks to God. You pray to God. You're giving thanks. Now, it's early in the morning. You've got to get up early. But they're going to be here 7 a.m. on this Thursday. I'm, you're all invited. If you want to come here and get and, and come here and pray and give thanks, take this inventory of all that God's done in your lives and give thanks. Come to the church and praise God. Giving him thanks for providing for all of our needs, for providing for us to even give to other people's needs, providing everything we need to continue to do good work, in helping those in need, that we continue to give to that the mission that we have of making disciples. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I just give you thanks. I give you praise. Lord, as this week approaches, and I, I know that we have, all have trials. We all have difficulties. We're all born into, into circumstances that we, we didn't have any control over. Lord, but we have, we have you. 
We have your son. We have the Holy Spirit. Lord, we have all that we need, and you will provide all that, you, all that we need, even abundance, so that we can give to others that have need. So, Lord, I just, I just pray that, Lord, we don't get stuck in our circumstances. Lord, I pray that we, we can just wholeheartedly just live our lives for you and see that, that you do provide for us and you do care for us and you do, do give our needs, Lord, and that we can give back, Lord, and ultimately we have this posture of thanks. We have this posture of thanks that, that we just praise and worship you. So, Lord, I just, I just pray right now that maybe there's somebody in this room, Lord, that they want to take this stance and give you thanks for, for life that comes from your son. That they want to accept your son Jesus as the gift that you gave to us. That they want to acknowledge Jesus as the Savior. They want to lay all of their, their life, all of their sins, all of their their past, Lord, all of their circumstances at, at your feet. And they want to receive this new life that you gave to us. That you want to be, they want to be a new creation. They want to live in this life, this, this posture that I talk about of giving thanks. So if you want to put it all at, all at the feet of Jesus and receive this gift, just maybe look at me raise your hand and say, Jesus, I'm accepting you today. I see you. Lord, I just pray for, for those of you that have that received that gift today that you gave us. Lord, I just changed it. I just, your life has changed now. You don't have to let the past hold you captive anymore. Jesus came and broke those broke those bonds. You are now free. So live in that life. Live in that life that, that you find yourself in Jesus who has healed you, who loves you, and continues to give to you and will continue to provide for your needs. In your name we pray. Amen.